Thank you to those of us who were able to join us uh, for the Religious Liberty in the States State Rankings release for the 2023 Religious Liberty in the States Index that's been prepared by the Center for Religion, Culture, and Democracy, which is an initiative of the First Liberty Institute. We apologize for the brief delay in getting uh, this uh, webinar started. Uh, we had some uh, technical difficulties that uh, that got into our way. But my name is Trey Dimsdale. I'm the executive director of the CRCD. And I'm joined here with Dr. Jordan Baller, our director of research, and Dr. Mark Hall, who's the incoming project director for the RLS project. Um, for the brief time that we have together, we're going to overview the project, talk about some of the differences that, that are uh, present in the 2022 and the 2023 versions. Both of these, we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to Dr. Sarah Estelle, an economist at Hope College who has been the primary investigator and project director um, preceding Dr. Hall. So, Dr. Baller, can you please uh, summarize some of the differences between the 2022 and 2023 versions of this index? Yeah, thanks, Trey. So let me just say real briefly a little bit about what the RLS project is and what it isn't, and then what, the, what those differences are between years one and two, between 2022 and 2023 in a general way. And then we'll talk a little bit more specifically about what those differences are. So Religious Liberty in the States is the first of its kind and still uh, only ever type of project that is a statistical index of laws that are on the books in all 50 states that, that provide safeguards for free exercise. So it's a project that works from the ground up. So the laws that are on the books in these states that are determined by the states themselves to be religiously relevant. We've worked to see what is already out there and what the state of play is, what the law of the land is across all these 50 states within a federal context. So we're looking at the letter of the law in, in constitutions and in statutes in each of the 50 states, um, seeing where those laws have been put into effect and which states have them and which states don't. So working from that kind of ground up inductive approach we see whether that protection is present in the state or not, and depending whether it is or not, it, it gets a zero or a one. And then those scores across the items and in are organized by safeguards, and then those are weighted, aggregated, and those turned into the um, index score. So in this sense, uh, we started year one in the RLS project under Dr. Estelle's direction with 29 items that we identified across different states. They were organized into 11 different safeguards and six groups. That is, if you're looking at that chart that's up there, those pie charts, that's the chart on the left. So um, they're color coded by, uh, by group. And then each of those slices of the pie represents, represents a safeguard, which are then made up of different items. Um, so you can see there are a lot more pieces in the pie from year one to year two. Uh, there is a new color that's been added. So we've, we've moved in year one from year two to from 11 to 14 safeguards that are covered, from 29 to 34 items that are covered, and from six to seven groups that are covered. So when, when I we first introduced this project a year ago, um, I used the imagery or the metaphor of uh, a landscape, an artist painting a landscape of what the, the context of religious liberty is across the country. And in this, in this sense, the big change from year one to year two is that we've expanded the canvas a little bit. The canvas is bigger. And so we're getting a, a bigger picture of what, a uh, more comprehensive picture of what religious liberty in the states looks like. Dr. Hall, can you uh, give us a quick overview of what some of these new safeguards are that we've added for 2023? 
Certainly. One of the core commitments of this project is that religious liberty goes beyond the confines of what goes on within the walls of a church, a mosque, a synagogue. Individuals have to be able to bring their faith into the public square as a creative professional or a nurse or a doctor. And many of the original 29 items measure that sort of thing. The five we added actually do focus on the freedom of worship because religious liberty must protect the freedom of worship. And so we have five new items. The first involves in as low church Protestant, it takes me a little while to get used to some of these, the importance of confession in some traditions. Many religious traditions say it's very important for uh, someone to confess his or her sins to a religious leader. I think we're most familiar with this in the context of the Roman Catholic Church, where they talk about the sacrament of reconciliation. It's one of the seven sacraments. Now, um, so it's not just a good idea, it's, it's obligatory, but canon law goes on to say that if a priest violates the seal of the confession, the penalty is automatic excommunication. So that's awfully serious. Even if the one confessing gives a priest permission to violate the seal, it's still automatic excommunication. Well, this historically has been all right. What has happened over the last couple of decades, though, is states have expanded their mandatory reporting laws, initially oftentimes applying just to teachers and nurses and social workers. But a number of states have now expanded them to apply specifically to clergy. And a number of states say actually all adults have this duty. And so you can see the conflict arising, right? If, if someone were to come and confess to a priest that he or she has abused a child, the, the priest would be required as a matter of law to report this, and yet doing so would violate his religious commitments and result in automatic excommunication. Very fortunately, from our perspective, a number of states specifically protect clergy in, the, in these sorts of situations. And so states can get one point if they protect the priest, clergy, and, and members of other traditions, um, but they get a zero if they do not. The, the second two, again, as a low church Protestant, I grew up taking communion with grape juice. So there's no big deal, right? But there are a number of religious traditions that say actually real wine needs to be used. All states regulate the consumption of alcohol. A number of states have laws that prohibit any adult from serving alcohol to any minor. Other states prohibit any minor from consuming alcohol. Well, you can see how this might apply in the context of, of celebration of the Eucharist. Um, it might technically be illegal for a priest to give alcohol to a 16, 17, 18-year-old um, parishioner. Fortunately, again, some states specifically protect the ability of priests and other ministers to act in this manner. Others do not. Finally, we oftentimes hear of privilege, white privilege, male privilege, Christian privilege. There is one area where you do see Christian privilege, and that's in school calendars. School calendars oftentimes are built in important ways around the Christian calendar. Most notably, although we call it winter break, we all know that Christmas break permits Christians to enjoy the celebration of Christmas. But if you're a member of a minority faith, your, your holiday might not be so protected. And so a number of states, we think fortunately, specifically protect the ability of, of, of parents of minority faiths, usually minority faiths, to celebrate their own religious holidays and not be dinged for mandatory attendance laws. So five new items measuring more explicitly religious type things, but I think they expand the scope of what is protected very, very nicely. All right, Dr. Ballard, could you go over briefly some of the uh, the, the new rankings, the new order, ordering of the states, please? Yeah, sure. So this is the moment that everybody's been waiting for where we get to the rankings. Um, and I should say uh, the, the website's live now, religiouslibertyinthestates.com. So all of that's updated now with the year two results. You can go there, 
Uh, it's optimized for mobile viewing and you can see all the results. So this is just a, a brief highlight of the new results. And a lot of the changes that you'll see are from years one to year two uh, based on the addition of new items. So this is gonna be an annual report. You can think of it as kind of an annual checkup. Um, one of the sources of changes obviously is, is, is if states go ahead and adopt new laws or protections in law that we've identified here, then we'll track those and that will that will uh, adjust the scores. We've had a couple of instances of those. In some cases, regrettably, states might regress a little bit and that's also happened. But most of the changes from year one to year two, and, and Dr. Hall is gonna talk about this more in more detail in a moment, are because of the expanded scope. So at the top, we've got Illinois, perhaps surprisingly uh, to some, counterintuitively. It was second ranked last year, so, the, so you can see that plus one after it. Um, and it really is an outlier. So we'll see about the breakdown of these scores across all 50 states in a moment as well. Um, and then at the bottom, West Virginia, which moves down a little bit. Um, so again, these changes are based for the most part from years one to year two and changes in what, we've, what we're looking at, the changes in our perspective of what we've been able to add. Um, the website is fully updated. Each of these uh, states have their own page that details uh, explicitly and in great detail, all 34 items, whether it's a zero or one, whether they get a checker or not. Um, there are downloadable resources there, including PDFs that summarize where each state is at. So you can look at your state. You can use that as a resource um, for education, for some advocacy. If you want to send that to your legislators to say, hey, look, we're missing 29 out of the 34 items. We should get on that. Um, this is a handy tool for that. So a lot of that is on the website that's readily available now. A lot more in detail about the methodology and the standards are there on the website as well. There will be a, a full academic report that's going to be forthcoming for year two later in the fall as well. So, Dr. Hall, we have seen some significant movement from 2022 to 2023. Dr. Ballard mentioned some of the reasons. Can uh, you take a look at a couple of um, a couple of uh, examples of, of what we've seen? Sure, thank you. So as Jordan suggested, there's two ways to move up or down. One is that you could change the law. So the initial 29 items, you could add protections, and a few states did that, or you could subtract protections. And we'll talk about a few specific examples. The other way, though, is by adding these five items, some states happened to already protect them, other states did not. And so a lot of Illinois' increase actually comes about because they were already protecting these new items. West Virginia wasn't protecting them, and so they went down. But I think the really notable case is that South Carolina made significant steps in adding new protections, very laudable steps, and we should commend the state. Um, the same with Rhode Island, made some positive steps to better protect religious liberty, and so therefore went up a bit. Um, one state went down by removing a protection, and that's uh, very, very, very disappointing to us. Let me say Dr. Estelle has done a fantastic job of putting together a very seriously academic project that's been peer reviewed. I would be happy to sit down with the most secular number crunching political science, scientist I know, uh, a, a Jewish law professor, and we could look at that and say, yeah, this all makes sense. It's a, it's a very serious, I think, objective thoroughly transparent project. But let me also say, as Jordan and I argued in a little essay published in Law and Liberty today, 
this is not only an academic project. We do hope that legislatures, especially say West Virginia, might look at this project and say we could do a lot better. We need to adopt some of these protections. And one of the virtues of this project is they don't have to look to abstract suggestions. They can look at what is done in other states already and not follow them blindly, but say, okay, let's take parts of this law from Illinois and parts of this law from Ohio and adopt it in West Virginia or Oregon or other states. So we do hope that this project will have real world consequences. Thank you. And it's important to, to note, too, that this uh, this project is one that assumes that the federal context is a backdrop that provides a baseline um, for uh, for religious liberty protection. States can do more. States can't do less. And so what we're trying to emphasize here is a um, a component of of the law that American citizens live under that is oftentimes uh, overlooked, but nonetheless very important for being able to uh, maximize uh, religious freedom uh, for all Americans. Um, for those of you who are in the room with us, you're able to pick up a copy of uh, our executive summary uh, that's out in the hall. That provides the full rankings and a brief overview of, of uh, the data set. It's a summary of the data set. Um, for those of you who are joining us uh, via live stream, this is available in PDF uh, on our website, religiouslibertyinthestates.com, along with uh, state-specific scorecards that can be printed off and sent to state legislators, um, as well as uh, more specific data about the methodology that we, we employed, the decisions that we made uh, with regard to why certain statutes, uh, statutory classes are included, others are not, what sources of law we used. Um, lots of information there, the complete data set, you can, you can cut it and splice it and, and re-rank it. Um, it's, it's completely uh, um, um, transparent uh, with regard to how we did this. There's no mystery uh, with regard to the rankings. So thank you very much for your time and for your attention and for your interest in this project. Visit our website, sign up for updates, and uh, get more information there. Thanks very much.